Welcome. Well, I can't say welcome back because we are officially not really. We're unofficially changing the name of the podcast. You're listening to the we don't know if we'll exist in six years, six months, six days. ACC podcast, the just means less ACC podcast. And right now, holy shit, does it mean less in the ACC? Nick's got Top Gun face looking on right now with his mustache just rocking. I'm sitting in my office wearing an ACC hat wondering, will this even like, will this be vintage in three years? Who knows? Um, This was supposed to be a fun college football podcast where we were going to have, we were going to rank and do a bracket for a fight between head coaches and the ACC. And instead we have to talk business, I guess. So Nick, before we even talk about what's going on in the landscape of college athletics and particularly college football, how are we doing? Uh, besides the college football news and basically conference realignment and shit like that, not too bad. Um, let's see. I had a great 4th of July. We took a, I took a lot of days off, which were nice. Actually, today's my last day off. I'm heading back into work tomorrow. Uh, closed it down. It was very nice. Got a lot of sun. I got a really good tan. I'm looking like a caramel delight right now. Um, other than that, it was great. I mean, uh, I've had a great weekend. Nice 4th of July. It's one of my favorite holidays. Um, yeah, that's about it. I got, a, I guess, a little interview coming up in the next couple of weeks with the Wake Forest social media team. So that'll be cool. Uh, just a little introduction to things. So we'll see what happens there. I'm kind of looking forward to that. But other than that, man, uh, not too bad. What about you? Uh, give me a little insight of the life of Micah without the uh, conference realignment. Living the dream. Went up to the great state of Minnesota this past weekend. Watch, I saw. Watch the Orioles get walked off twice and then get the dub on <laughs> So that I forgot was, I texted you about that. Yeah. And then it happened the next day. I don't know if you knew that, but they got walked off. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Were you there? Yeah. Yes. I witnessed the, I witnessed for the first time in major league baseball history, a team got walked off two nights in a row and then walked off their next opponents two nights in a row. Cause the twins got walked off twice by the white Sox for coming home to walk off the Orioles twice. So um, yeah, that was uh, interesting. To say the least, I got probably the dopest late birthday present slash Christmas present of all time. I think I sent it to you, Nick. It was a giant poster of all 130. Obviously, there's 131 now, but can't knock him for getting something that didn't include JMU on it yet. All 130 college football stadiums. And you could put the date, you fill it in with the date you visited, what team you saw, the score. Super sick. Super pumped about it. So that, that is cool. cool. I like that. Yeah, my, my my friend who I never thought in the world would come up with something so artsy got on Etsy and found someone that made that. So shout out to Tyler for that one. But other than that, I mean, I'm gonna be honest, Nick. I've tried not to give two shits about what's been going on. Like I I'm listening, I'm doing research, but to be honest, I'm just kind of going college football is gonna happen as we know it this fall. Well, well, by like 
after what happened two years ago with COVID, I'm just going to take and be grateful that we have college football still. If it means it's going to be this weird, awkward change, I mean, fine. College football is better than no college football. So that's how I'm looking at it and how I'm feeling. Do you think it kind of devalues it? You know, do people like look at college football now? Like, let's say this happens to be, and when it's all said and done, this is like two to three conferences when it's all done. Do you think there is some devalue in college football now where it's so big and some of the traditions and some of the things that we like about these conferences and the conference rivalries, which we're going to lose a lot of, do you think that's going to devalue the sport? I I have a bad feeling that it's going to be bad. Like it will, like you talk about all these other teams that have gone through conference realignments and very rarely do they work out for those teams. You, I saw this great tweet the other day uh, about this guy who I think is a writer for West Virginia saying how the move to the big 12 was the worst thing ever because we have no rivalries anymore. Like we get up for when Oklahoma and Texas come to town, but they're so far away. It's like, who do we build a rivalry with? We have a rivalry with, Virginia Tech, Pitt, Penn State, uh, you name it, Louisville. I, it just doesn't make sense. Now you got USC, UCLA. Like, I don't know. Do, do you think it devalues the sport a little bit? I think so, yeah. I do think that college football, this is – this is. so shout out to the – Cover three podcast, CBS's college football podcast, for something that Chip Patterson, a North Carolina guy himself, actually kind of brought up. At what point does the people do these people realize the money is going to run out? Like you can't right. like at some point, like maybe I'm crazy, right? But let's just say the SEC grabs Clemson and Florida State, right? How is that value to ESPN? that more valuable by itself than the SEC as it currently is and the ACC as it currently is. Because all you're going to do is you're going to turn off fans from Wake Forest, from Virginia, from NC State, from all these other conferences who aren't going to dial into it, or maybe they will, but then they're not going to give a shit about what's going on in their own backyard. Like, I feel like at some point, like you have to take – the value of the two or the value of one giant. Like, because the value of the ACC, for example, is going to be dog shit if everybody leaves. So now you've got the ACC network that already is a money loser. Imagine how much of a loser it's going to be now. Like a very valid point that they also brought up was, think about the Pac-12. Like, There are justifications that more people, more UCLA and USC fans will be able to watch them now with the Big Ten than they will the Pac-12 because more TVs in the Pacific Northwest have the the Big Ten network over the Pac-12 network because of what the value is listed as. So, yeah, you're taking USC and UCLA, but that was the only value of the Pac-12 network to begin with. And, yes, the Pac-12 network was not owned by ESPN, so they don't give a shit. But ESPN has to give a shit what it means for the ACC network. Like, I I just, I I don't, 
don't get me wrong, man. You're talking to the guy that loves college football more than anything in the world. And I could care less what not. That's not fair. I don't have as much of a concern about what that means for college baseball, what that means for college lacrosse, what that means for college basketball. I could care less. I love college football. It's my favorite sport, plain and simple. But at what point do you go, who cares? And like, yes, the SEC can get away with, again, the national championship last year was two SEC teams. There's been a lot of years where it's not been. And teams that you're you're pulling aren't going to be there. Like, and, and I genuinely, all the people that are like, oh, the two super conferences, I wouldn't hate that, but I have a feeling that the big 10 and the SEC aren't going to get along and we're not going to get this, you know, really nice big 10 SEC love where it's basically just the power five has become two conferences that like play each other. Like I would almost rather if we're doing two super conferences, I don't care if the SEC takes ownership of it. You merge the ACC and the SEC as it currently is, and you merge the Big 12, Big 10, and Pac-12. Maybe you split up. You you let Maryland join the ACC again. You let Rutgers join the ACC. Maybe you throw Penn State in there because they feel more ACC than Big 10 maybe. Like, I just don't – I don't get it. I I really don't. And and in a way, like, they they brought it up on that podcast. Do we put it past the ACC to just put their foot in the ground and just kind of say – we don't give a shit if we're the number one basketball or football conference. We'll stick to our Olympic sports. We'll stick to our academics. We'll stick to our roots and we'll just be us. And in a way, I mean, I don't know if I hate that idea. I would almost rather Nick, if I'm being honest, the ACC, and this might sound like a terrible take. I'd rather the ACC and the PAC 12 and the big 12 all move down, move down a level and play the Mountain West, the AAC, the Sun Belt, Conference USA, the MAC, and any independent school that wants to stick around independent and have that be college football and let the Big Ten SEC basically make it their own pro league. In a way, that might honestly be more fun because our teams will be contending again. And I don't give a shit if I'm claiming a national title and being like, well, Alabama would beat you. Cool. They're playing it as a, at a professional level. I don't care. Like, of course, it's the same argument. Like, of course, Alabama would struggle against the New York Jets because the Jets have the best players that were in college. So if that's what it becomes, that's what it becomes. But it is it's just uh, it's it's it, it, like going back to what your original question was. Yes, it, it, it ruins to a point like I mean, like, yes, USC will have UCLA still. And I think USC Nebraska could be a fun little rivalry and all this other stuff. But like. I mean, for fuck's sakes, man, like. You add Washington and Oregon. You're trying to tell me that Washington fans are going to give a fuck that Rutgers is coming to town or Maryland's coming to town or Indiana's coming to town or Purdue's coming to town or Iowa's coming to town. Fuck no. Nobody's going to care. I just, I don't know. It, it, I don't know if it ruins college football forever in terms of the big deal, but it definitely takes some of the fun away, especially again, of the stuff that a lot of us love, which are these rivalries that, you know, you don't like, no one understands the North Carolina NC state rivalry until you've been there. You've been around it. No one understands Virginia, Virginia tech until you've been around it. No one understands Kansas and Kansas state. No one understands Nebraska and Colorado. I have a Colorado debit card that when I use it at like local shops here in Nebraska, they look at me and say, fuck Colorado. They're not even in the same conference anymore. It's been years and they still have that ingrained in them. 
And you're just taking that away slowly but surely that it's it, it is sad. It is definitely sad because, I mean, we'll get to it here, Nick. I mean, I don't, I'm sure you saw the rumors, Virginia and North Carolina being eyed at by the Big Ten. If they leave, now we've just taken away. Like, remember how North Carolina and Wake had to schedule out of conference to play each other? Now they're going to have to do it again and NC State and Duke. So it's just – it's for me, I'm a little – a little disappointed by it, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, first, I I would hate it if if we had like a system where it's basically the SEC and Big Ten are professional, and then you leave out these mid tier teams. I mean, I don't know because I'm a fan of a mid tier team. I'm a fan of a team that is not really being considered all that much joining the sec or joining the B the big 10, like the sec would rather take And of course they would. Why wouldn't they would take Clemson and Florida state before they would take NC state and the big 10 would take Carolina and Virginia before they would take NC state. And if those four are gone, the ACC becomes like a minor league, you know, type of conference. And if I can't play the best of the best, then what's the point that, I mean, that's what, how I look at it because I don't know if it's because I know that the NC state football program can be, it has, I, I believe that it has the foundation to be an elite level type of college athletic program between football, all the way to women's basketball, baseball, men's basketball. It's all there. The foundation's laid out. We uh, schools like NC state, are waiting to chomp at the bit and waiting for their opportunity to beat the best. I mean, we had a little taste of it last year, finally beating Clemson, almost getting 10 wins, which we we should have got. Now we have all this hype next year. My other question is, so I disagree on that. I would not, I, I wouldn't like that system because teams like mine would be like, God, like we know we can be compete with these teams, but like, where are we going to be contending for if we're not the best? or we can't try to beat the best. Um, my other question is, do you think that because of how mediocre the Pac-12 has become lately, that is why they made the move? Not only because not only performance on the field, but I'm also talking about fans showing up to the games. Like I saw this other tweet about USC attendance. We all know it's been horrible the last few seasons, but they have also taken away seats in the stadium. Their maximum capacity has gone down 30,000, over 30,000 fans in the last like 40 years. You know, the, I, I want to say what's keeping the ACC alive right now is because we have had success with Florida State and Clemson that they have made the college football playoff, that Clemson, Florida State, Virginia Tech, NC State, they bring fans to the games. There is some kind of value there. And I'm wondering, does the ACC, will it survive if it has a big season next season? Can the ACC survive if they get a team in the playoff, a team in the New Year's, New Year's Six, and like, 10 to 12 teams to make a bowl game. 
or maybe even win a bowl game. There are some talks that, yeah, it can happen if the ACC wants to stay alive. I'm hoping that's what happens, but I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised that they have survived this far, that the conference has survived this far, has survived this far, and that there haven't been a whole lot of talks about Clemson and Florida State jumping ship yet. Yeah, I mean, so back to your point about, you know, obviously like NC State being able to contend. Like, in a way, I would rather win a title and then pull a UCF. You didn't give us a shot. So, like, play us. Play us. But I agree, Oz. I can see I can see the point. But, I mean, like, again, let's just be honest. The, the next domino that's going to fall is Notre Dame. Notre Dame decides to be independent, then – I don't, I don't know if there's a lot more change coming. I think the Pac-12, like I think Oregon and Washington could maybe be poached by the Big Ten. The Big Ten is very big on grabbing schools that, you know, are of the, the A, whatever it is, the academic prowess schools, whatever they call it, the AAA, AA, whatever it is, the academic something, the a, AAU schools maybe. But yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. AUA or something. I don't know. But I always think AAU is, you know, travel basketball. But regardless, you know, they're all like, so again, I don't know Oregon's status on that. I would think Washington's a good enough academic institution. But, you know, so they're, they're, they're going to stick to that. But I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like the ACC and the Pac 12 and the Big 12 really like that should be the alliance screw the big tent like let them do their thing like i think that there's still enough strength in numbers with the acc the pac-12 like there's still good schools like arizona state with a good fan base colorado has a good fan base oregon has a good fan base you know tcu cincinnati byu utah florida state clemson obviously been to the acc schools like I think that that could be enough. And also, like, I'm going to be honest. Like, yeah, if you're a top recruit in college football, right, you're a five-star. Do you want to go be a – like, do you want to go play at USC where you're going to go seven and five in the Big Ten or go to NC State and go 11 and one and be a top team? Like, people are still going to watch NC State football. People are still going to watch Clemson. People are still going to watch Oregon. People are still going to watch Utah. Like, I don't know. It. Let's let, let's go here, Nick, because I don't know if you saw that floating around. I'm sure you probably did. The discussion of the Pac-12 and the ACC doing a joint championship game in Las Vegas. And all I have to say is if you're the ACC, what the fuck are you doing? Why? Like, don't get me wrong. As someone that loves college football, I think it would be cool. But hear me out. Instead of doing a championship game, why not just do an ACC Pac-12 challenge like they do, you know, something similar in basketball? Like, let that be the opener of the season. Or instead of, you know, maybe not getting rid of rivalry week, but maybe that midway point Halloween weekend is the Big 12 or the the Pac-12 ACC challenge where Colorado goes to UVA and UNC, you know, hosts whoever, Utah, 
Oregon plays Clemson. You can't tell me that that would not be sick. Like that would be a way better way of valuing the time. Like the ACC has nothing to gain by that. If I'm being honest, because especially when the two biggest brands though, I mean, if we're talking college football itself in terms of like these national things, the best teams in the Pac-12 are still there. Like everyone that's like, oh no, USC and UCLA are gone. Oh no, six and six and six and six just left. Shit. <laughs> like it's not that big of a deal. That'd be like people freaking out right now that like, like, like Miami and Florida State, we shit on them, right? They've been more relevant than USC and UCLA have been in the last 10 years. So it's not that big of a deal, guys. Like if we're talking about pure talent of college football, Oregon, Utah, fuck, Colorado's been better than USC over the last few years. Arizona State, Arizona, those aren't terrible programs. It's not the sky is falling. Washington State and Washington have been better. Like Pac-12 playoff teams, guess what? The ones that have made it so far in the history of college football playoffs are still Pac-12 members in Oregon and Washington. So it's not that big of a deal. I get that it's brands, but people in LA don't give a shit about USC and UCLA unless they're good. And if we're using that logic, then then Miami's a bigger brand because that's how it works in Miami. So, you know, it in a way, like it's it's a big thing. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it changes much. Let them go. Let the let the Pac-12 and the Big 12 merge. Why not? Maybe the ACC as a part of that deal says, hey, Big 12. Since you're going to be adding so many teams in your conference and they'll be 20 some deep, why don't we take like West Virginia off your hands? Hell, why don't we give you, you know, Iowa State, Kansas, and Kansas State? Or how about we just, again, you just give us West Virginia. I know it'd be crazy turnaround time wise now, but like, hey, Cincinnati, I know you were going to join the Big 12, but how's the ACC sound? Cincinnati, West Virginia. Hey, UCF, you want to be a little bit more regional? Why don't you join the ACC? Like, it's it's doable. It's 100% doable. Like, you know, ACC, hey, maybe let's talk, you know, let, let's see if we can have a conversation with App State or ECU. Like, I don't think the sky has to fall. We want to go to four major conferences. Like, let the ACC and the Pac-12 and the Big 12 become best friends. I don't know if you know this, Nick, but you know what the ACC, Pac-12, and Big 12 all have in common? Commissioners that have only been there a year or less. Hell, the Big 12 commissioner started on Tuesday. Like, you know, I feel bad for that guy. What a shitstorm to start your job with. Like, you know, why not? Like, I understand it's not the same, but I mean, if, if we're being honest, right, what, what, what's the difference between what would be happening if the Big 12, Pac-12, ACC all worked together and kind of did what they did? Then if the, like, if we, if nothing happened, if Oregon, or Oregon, excuse me, Oklahoma and Texas never happened, what's the narrative still going to be, Nick? The SEC's the best. The Big Ten's the second best. 
No one else could compete with them. So what's the change in narrative? Now they have two bigger brands. Cool. Now they have UCLA to finish last in the Big Ten West every year or the, yeah, the Big Ten West. Woo. Now you have, now you have Texas losing to Vanderbilt instead of Kansas. Oh no. Whatever are we going to do now? Like, I think that the sky might not be falling and I could be wrong. Maybe I'm being way too optimistic, but that's kind of what I'm hoping for is that we just realize, like, Hey, this isn't the end of the world. Now, if Oregon, Washington leave, great. Or if Notre Dame screws the ACC over, yeah, things could like if the if Notre Dame joins the SEC, we're fucked. Because then college football really is just not pure anymore. I don't think that's going to happen, Nick. I really think Notre Dame knows that they hold way too much power, and they're just going to continue to do their own thing. Like, is the SEC and the Big Ten really going to try to claim a national champion if they don't have SEC or have Notre Dame included in it? Like, honestly, I know people don't like Notre Dame, but I'm cheering so hard that Notre Dame stays independent or joins the ACC, but that won't happen. Like, because if they stay independent, then, then I, in my opinion, the Big Ten and the SEC have no reason to continue to add stuff. So, anyways. But what are your thoughts on the Pac-12 ACC joint championship that got thrown around and what I would deem as a, you know, when you're, when your boss comes in to have a meeting, Hey guys, we got a brainstorm, no bad ideas. Just what, what are you thinking? That I feel like that's what came from that meeting. It's like, I have a terrible idea, but we should just say we thought of it anyways. Let's throw up a game in Vegas. The only cool part is Nick, it'd be pretty dope to watch NC state and Oregon and Las Vegas in a few years. That'd be the only cool thing I can think of from that. But what are your thoughts on the whole ACC Pac-12 shindig? I mean, I don't know. I had the same feel when I first saw it. It was like, okay, this is just like the stupid alliance thing that is not going to happen. I mean, who would have thought that wasn't going to happen? Oh, we did. And who thought that was a stupid idea? Oh, we did. I mean, if if it if it becomes desperate times, like, I guess, uh, are we going to have the same level of competition as the SEC and big 10? I hope, I don't know. I mean, there's so much going on. It would have to depend on like, is Clemson still with us? Is Oregon still with the PAC 12? I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you did bring up a good point though. And, I feel like I feel like this could all crumble down. I feel like everyone's going to be on board with making super conferences and then they're all just going to split off again and create their own conference. Like I wouldn't be surprised if everything that could go wrong for us does go wrong, meaning that Clemson and Florida State joined the SEC. Oregon, Washington, Virginia, and Carolina joined the Big Ten. And whatever else happens, that sooner or later, this is all going to have to crumble. You just pointed it out. How, how are USC and UCLA going to improve as football teams in the Big Ten? 
The Pac-12 has been the bottom feeder of the Power Five for the last six years. And you're right. They didn't even get the two teams that have made the college football playoff. Oregon has been more relevant than USC and UCLA combined in the last 10 years. They have a Heisman uh, Trophy winner, right? He won it, right? Marcus Mariota, yeah. They have a Heisman Trophy winner. Oregon has been to the playoff. Oregon wins the Pac-12. Washington's been to the playoff. Washington has won the Pac-12. Like, USC has not been relevant since Reggie Bush. When was the last time UCLA was relevant? When Josh Rosen was the chosen Rosen or whatever, and he flipped out in the NFL, he flunked out? Like, I don't know. I I don't see these teams doing well in the big... Look at Nebraska. That's a perfect example. Look at Nebraska. They had the best 3-9 and nine season of all time, and they're celebrating that next year is going to be different with Scott Frost. We're going to be like seven and five. The move to the big 10 for Nebraska was awful. The move to Maryland for Maryland to the big 10 was awful. It's all been awful. Nebraska has consistently been mid tier in the big 10 West or bottom. Maryland has consistently been bottom of the big 10 East. Now you're going to throw in two teams from the Pac-12 that are only recognized because of their past, and they might not even go 6-6 six and six with the Big Ten schedule. I feel like if they keep doing this, they keep scooping up teams, it's just going to go crumbling down, and then they're going to be like, shit, maybe being the Pac-12 wasn't so bad. Maybe if we focused on winning in the Pac-12, and making the right coaching hires and things like that, they could be back up to relevancy again in the Pac-12. And what happens if the Big Ten scoops up Virginia and North Carolina? They're going to be awful. Maybe not in basketball, but in football, Carolina is not going to do well in the Big Ten East. Virginia is not going to do well in the Big Ten East. I'm sorry. You're getting two teams from the worst division in college football. Uh, the, the division that pumps out seven and five to the ACC championship and every year to get pumped by Clemson or Florida State. Like, where, where, where do you see value in those football programs right now? None. And I feel like Carolina, if Carolina and Virginia make that move, sure, it might be great for basketball, but we're still better than the Big Ten in basketball. When was the last time the Big Ten won a national championship in basketball? I'll give you a hint. Mike Izzo. That's the last time. I mean, what are we doing? I feel like if this all goes through, it's just going to crumble down in 10 years. I don't see it being successful for anybody. Like, a lot of people are pointing this out. Look at all the teams that make conference moves. Most of them, it's been unsuccessful. I'll give Texas A&M credit that it's been very successful, the move to the SEC. It's been great. But Missouri, no. Uh, Maryland to the Big Ten, no. Nebraska, no. West Virginia to the Big 12, no. Boston College to the ACC, what has Boston College done for us? What has Syracuse 
done for us. Hell, a big-ass program like Miami is struggling in the ACC. We screwed up Miami thinking, oh, my God, we are going to be dominant, dominant in football now. We got Clemson. We got Florida State, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. Now we bring in Miami. What has Miami done? They have zero conference championships. Sometimes there aren't greener pastures to where the money is bigger. So I feel like eventually this is going to all crumble down if moves like this keep happening. I wouldn't be surprised if in 10 years that USC and UCLA might want to come back. Yeah, I mean, first off, I, I just want to say, Nick, your take on the Coastal being the worst division in college football is a little, little wrong, but, I mean, the you know, the Pac-12 North exists, in case you didn't know that. Um, the the Pac-12 North has gone two teams in the playoff. Okay, based on that logic, then, does that mean the Atlantic's really good? Yeah, it does. You can say the Pac-12 South, then, if you'd like. Okay, I'll give you that. Pac-12 South has sucked. Like, and not to mention the the ACC champion last year was from the Coastal, but you know, that's besides the point too. Um, but you know, whatever. And it's almost like your team has a losing record against the Coastal since that thing's existed. Again, I digress. Um, you know, because NC State's not good against cross division opponents. Um, but again, doesn't matter. Um. You know, at the end of the day, it's gonna like, change soon. By the way, that's going to change. Yeah, because there's no divisions anymore. I know, <laughs> but you know, nonetheless, like, and, and also too, when Virginia and North Carolina joins the Big Ten, Nick, there's not going to be a Big Ten East, so they're not going to be paired with Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State every single week. So calm down. They're gonna they're gonna get Iowa. They're gonna get Nebraska. They're gonna get Minnesota. So and they're still gonna lose. How can you be on an ACC podcast and think that teams like Minnesota are better than Virginia and North Carolina on a regular basis? Oh, and by the way, like the money that they're going to get in the Big Ten, give North Carolina more money, Nick. See what the fuck happens. You've already got a brand. Give them more money. But They'll take it, but I don't. I just don't think it'll be successful. That's fair. All right, here's what we're going to do. Since our Zoom meeting is almost over, we're going to pause for a little commercial break and we will come right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back. So obviously, you know, the future of college football is way up in the air. Before we transition over to talk about what we haven't even got a chance to talk about on this podcast yet, which is the current future status of the ACC football schedule, at least for the next few years, I just want to mention the grant of rights. So for those that are wondering, 
you know, the one thing the ACC did right with their TV deal was locking it in for such a long period of time. It sucks because it means little money over such a long period of time, but it does make it more difficult to leave. The biggest kicker is, for example, if Clemson, NC State, Virginia, North Carolina, so on and so forth, were to leave the ACC for, let's say, the Big Ten, that Big Ten money that school gets for TV is given to the ACC and its members. So the only way that it would make sense for a team to leave the ACC is if a group of them all together form, like for example, Virginia, North Carolina agree, we're going to the big 10. If Clemson and Florida state go to the SEC, we'll just use those, those four, because those are the four names that have been mentioned the most. Then that's where things could get interesting because now there's a legal argument that the grant of rights the, the, the contract that was signed by ESPN and the ACC no longer is relevant because it's not the product that it said it was going to be because there's so much difference. So that's where things can get interesting. Again, it's the same thing with Notre Dame. Notre Dame is locked into those rights to a point as well, but they would play the ACC. And Notre Dame signed a big fat check deal, basically stating that when, and again, it's the greatest thing the ACC did during the COVID season that Notre Dame would not join another conference for football. If, if Notre Dame is to join a conference for football for 2036, when that grant of rights comes up, it has to be the ACC. I'm sure there's a buyout number. I don't know what that number is, but that is the only saving grace for the ACC is at the bare minimum, there will be a lot of money involved that makes it to where it's a major deterrent. At the end of the day, if all these schools are on board to leave. They can leave. They can. I'm sure they can find the money. But there is a huge, huge, huge deterrent. And one thing that is really, really good about this deterrent is schools like North Carolina, schools like Virginia, schools like even Clemson and Florida State, they still value academics. They still value Olympic sports. So they understand that, like, that deterrent might be enough to go, yeah, we really, really want to rake in some more money for football, but the reward is not worth the risk of being lower tier, being out a ton of money early, not really raking it in. Obviously, increased travel costs. I mean, Clemson joins the Big Ten, let's say. Clemson and, and USC every four years or whatever could be ridiculous on the wall. So, you know, that is the only positive for the ACC. So everyone that kind of has an idea of what that grant of rights is, that's the biggest chunk of that is there's really only four ways to get out of it. One is to take it to court, which they won't win. Two is to sue, which costs a lot of money and takes a lot of time as well. Three is just say F it, which will cost a lot of money, a lot of money, because you're going to get hit with bad penalties if you just say screw it and, and, and want to buy it out. And then the fourth one again is figure out a way to not collude, but get it to the point where it is not, they can, they can argue in court that it's not the same product that was agreed upon where let's say half the ACC teams are leaving. So now it's not the, like the ACC is not what that deal was signed for. And then the, the, there'll be a buyout of some sort by the of ESPN to get rid of that deal. So that's that. Let's transition over to what we know for now. Starting Can I ask one question real quick? Yeah, what's up? Okay. Uh, 
is there a chance, let's say the ACC has a great season and where it counts, football. Um, could the ACC value go up and we could see this conference survive? Teams decide not to leave. TV contracts are made some more. Teams are on ESPN, ABC, all of that. Is there a chance if the product that the ACC is putting out there, if it's very good, can we see it survive within the next year or two? I don't think so. I don't think that's enough of a sample size. And the argument can be made too. Like if we're talking about a good product, the ACC is one of the most fun conferences in college football to watch because anybody can beat anybody on a given Saturday. So that's not going to change anything. So then the opposite that could potentially happen is let's say, you know, I think in this case it would be best if NC state or wake forest is the dominant team, but they're going to argue that that brand is not big enough and that nobody's going to care. So then it's going to be, again, they're going to go after the brands of Clemson, Florida state. Like, yeah, Nick, if NC state wins the national title this year, that could maybe change it, but I still don't think it's enough to change it. And that's the problem. Like, you know, I think at the end of the day, like the value of the ACC is the value of the ACC. And I think the value of the, like, the ACC undersold their value. And that last TV deal, they, they cut themselves short. They, they went way too long-term and cost themselves some money. But in a way, it's kind of playing out in their favor because it is buying time. But yeah, I, I don't think they're, I don't think, I really don't see a way that the AC will get two playoff teams in. That's the only way I could see the ACC really surviving, to be honest. So hopefully I'm wrong. But, but again, I don't think the ACC is dead either. There are a lot of people that think it's dead. I don't think it's dead yet. I really think the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the ACC are going to find a way to go, okay, play this game, Big 10. Play this game, SEC. Like, I think there's going to be enough pushback to where – like, again, they might just say the money's not worth it. The money's not worth it. I hope so. I so, hope so. We'll see. All right. Let's transition to the future. 2023-2026. All right, Nick, I need Virginia to win the Coastal one last time. I need NC State to win the Atlantic just one year. Like, we, we need our team. Yeah. We, we, need a te- we need our teams to be the – the uh, an infinite co- coastal and Atlantic division champions. This will be the last year of it. Um, we got a great schedule model, in my opinion, of the three, five, five, each team getting three primary opponents. Nick, instead of saying, what are your thoughts on it? Because we kind of knew this was potentially coming. We just, we, we kind of guesstimated wrong. Let's go with who do you think got the best pairing? And you can make that justification based off easiest, in your opinion, in terms of teams played or in terms of fan base being happy, in terms of rivalries that are, you know, kept. Who do you think, which school got the best pairing of the three? I think the best pairing of the three, I'm looking at it right now, and I have to say, that I really like Clemson's. I really do. Um, all three teams that they have, they play every single year, and there's a rivalry with those three teams. 
Florida State, Georgia Tech, NC State. Um, obviously, Clemson and Florida State have been the top dogs in the Atlantic for the last, I don't know, 15-something years, basically. Um, and then you have that interdivisional rivalry with uh, Clemson, Georgia Tech. And they Georgia Tech has been down, but those are exciting games, and both fan bases get up for those. And then Clemson and NC State, I mean, the Textile Bowl, they play each other every year already. NC State's on the rise. Like, those are teams that Clemson, they're going to get up for. It's going to be very exciting. Think about it. If Georgia Tech can get off the map this year and make a little bit of excitement down the road, that those three matchups are going to be great. Like they, I mean, Clemson was already playing these three teams every single year, but now that you kind of just see it, like those are permanent, no changes at all. Like that's pretty awesome. I really like Clemson's. I like how they kept it as their rivals right there. And of course, a lot of these matchups are based on a lot of rivalries, uh, but I just really like Clemson's a lot. I think they will have big time games uh, when these teams are very good. I like North Carolina's. I think North Carolina got the best draw for multiple reasons. One, they get Duke every year. That's pretty convenient. Like they, in my opinion, they kept their three biggest rivals. North Carolina, Virginia, though not a big rivalry has way too much historical relevancy and is actually a rivalry. And it's good for North Carolina to play Virginia every year because North Carolina rivalry in the South. Yeah. And North Carolina loves to recruit the, the Commonwealth of Virginia. So having them every single year is great. NC state, North Carolina is a great rivalry. Obviously we don't want to lose that as the biggest football rival for North Carolina. And then Duke, you have to keep them. You have like, I understand the argument of, Oh, we, you know, all the Carolina schools should have been together, yada, yada, yada. I don't give a shit about that, if I'm being honest. I really think that the, the ACC was right, though, by keeping the triangle schools together. If you're 15 minutes away from, from a school, you have to play them every year. Why do you not? So they did a great job. And again, in terms of ease, Virginia and Duke have arguably been some of the worst teams in the ACC in the last 10 years. So you've got easier games. And then NC State, to be honest, isn't the most difficult game in the world. That's been an even rivalry. So that's your toughest test every year of your three primary opponents. That's a pretty solid setup. And you're still going to see Wake. You're still going to see Tech. I hope that – actually, I can look, actually, and say I was wondering what that schedule would be like. Hold on. Let me me confirm something before I get get too far ahead of myself. Yeah, so they did a good job, too, of making sure that that every other year, so like in 2023, they're going to be hosting Virginia Tech, and then they're going to be at weight. So now you've kept some of these regional rivalries that you'll you'll get to go to one every other year. So if you want to go to a close rivalry, a close football game every year, if you're a UNC fan, you have Wake one year, then you've got Tech next year, then you've got Wake, then you've got Tech, then you've got Wake, then you've got Tech. Like, that's a nice little setup, if you ask me. So I think they did it right. I think they have the best draws. Again, it's not the hardest. And I think they kept their three best rivals. I know that might be an insult to Wake, but 
I think, was, I think I think it was the best draw. Which now leads me to my next question, Nick. Who got the worst draw, in your opinion? Uh, honestly, Wake did. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Wakes. I mean, they they keep the rivalry with Duke, but I mean Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. If I'm a Wake fan, I'm just thinking to myself, why don't I have NC State? Why don't I have at least maybe Carolina? Um, I feel like they kind of got left out of the big four in the state. Like Duke gets to play everybody. Duke gets to play Carolina State and Wake every single year. State gets to play Duke at Carolina every year. Wake only gets to play Duke. Um, it just I don't know what it is. It just doesn't excite me. Um, I mean, having to go to Virginia Tech every other year is great at a big program and everything like that. But to not have another Carolina school in that permanent group in your primary three opponents kind of stinks. Uh, I, I would have liked to see at least NC state and wake play more. That's kind of for my own personal benefit. Um, but yeah, I I'm not a fan of wakes. It's kind of hard to get up for it. And for, uh, of the three Carolina schools that wake got, you got the least exciting. You got Duke. Now there's a rivalry there. Of course, wakes, our wake's biggest football rival i mean they play rivalry week almost every year is probably duke but that's the least exciting of the three so i I, for me it's wake it's just not exciting and i think they are feel kind of left out that they're not in the big four with the permanent primary uh, opponents see i would argue though that first off the ACC can't put favor on the big four. You can't do that. Because like, who the fuck's Clemson going to get as their third opponent? If they're going to get Georgia Tech and they're going to get Florida State, are you going to make Clemson be stuck with Louisville or Boston College or Virginia Tech? Like, Clemson's got to get somebody in the other Carolina. So, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, like that – that shouldn't matter. And I don't be honest, Nick, if, if Wake Forest and Virginia Tech played every year, that would be more of a rivalry than Wake Forest and NC State. And you want to know why? Because Virginia Tech doesn't have a number two rival. NC State does. NC State fans care more about Clemson than they do Wake. You cannot tell me that that, that is not true. NC State fans care more about Carolina than they do Clemson, than they do Wake. So now you're just the number three rival anyways. Why be the number three rival when you can be the number two? Like, it's an hour and 45 minutes from Wake Forest to, to Blacksburg. It's not like it's far. Like, that's, I think that's going to be – like, when Wake Forest has played Virginia Tech over the last few years, it has been a fun rivalry where fans – Wake fans have made the trip to Blacksburg. Hokies, uh, Hokies have made the trip down the lane – or the lane, excuse me, down to, to, to Winston-Salem. I think that's a great rivalry. And I think that Wake Forest and Georgia Tech can be really fun. And also, if I'm being honest, like, if you're Wake Forest – you get to now have your brand every year or every other year specifically in Atlanta. That's great for your school. North Carolina doesn't need that branding. They already have it. NC state doesn't need it. They already have it. Duke doesn't need it just because the basketball team already has the brand. Wake forest could use that. And that's just a, again, that's a weird one, but it kind of makes sense because 
Georgia Tech has to get somebody too because they can't just have Florida State, Clemson, and then Louisville or Virginia or Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech would have been maybe a better fit, but but then Wake Forest is stuck with Florida State, which would be weird. I, I think the ACC did a good job on it, to be honest. I, I, I don't think it's the greatest pairing. Again, it would be cool to have all the North Carolina schools, but the, the, the after effect of what that means for Clemson, for Florida State, for you know Virginia Tech, Kind of sucks because then Virginia Tech, who are they going to have? Virginia and Louisville and Georgia Tech. That's not terrible, I guess, but I don't think I love it. I think the one that is most disappointing to me is Miami. I knew you were going to say Miami. I I don't, I don't like it just because, like, I just don't, I don't get it. The only team that makes sense is Florida State. Like Miami and Virginia Tech, like Virginia Tech fans have room to kind of complain because they should have gotten Miami. Like in in a perfect, like Virginia Tech, in my opinion, would have had the best pairing if they had pit what Virginia and Miami. That would have been the perfect pairing in my in my view. But again, they didn't get that. And you know, I just there's not a Big East rivalry with Boston College and, and Miami. Yeah, they were in the Big East, but there is no rivalry. Louisville and Miami, they didn't even play in the Big East together. Louisville was in the Big East after Miami was there. And Miami had left before Louisville got there. Louisville was in the Conference USA when they were there. So it just doesn't make much sense to me for those pairings. But, I mean, I'm sure Louisville loves it because now they get their brand in South Florida. and they, they Last time they recruited a quarterback from uh, Florida, Nick, it went pretty well for him. I don't know if you know this guy named Lamar Jackson, but uh, Hollywood Beach was a really good spot for them. And if you didn't know, Hollywood Beach is not too far from Coral Gables. Um, so I, I just don't like their pairing. Um, I'd almost argue Louisville, but in my opinion, Louisville had no reason. Like you, you can't hate Louisville because they were, again, when we were debating this, and I think everyone that was trying to debate like who should get what, we had no idea what to do with them. I had absolutely no clue. We're like, I guess you keep them with Virginia just because the whole Commonwealth thing, it's not too far. And like, there is a basketball rivalry to that to where it kind of carries over to football. But I mean, I think by far that's the, the worst pairing because at least Boston college got two former big East foes and Pitt and Syracuse, you really got all, they got all the big East foes formerly, you know, it's just, I, I don't, I don't love it. But again, I don't think it's terrible. And and I think if you're Miami in a way, like you still have Florida state. So at the end of the day, that's all you want. Do you really want Clemson again? I think maybe Georgia tech would have made some, made some more sense there, but you know, again, like you had to get some three teams had to get Louisville. So, you know, it's something to where, you know, it's, and yeah. Maybe helps Miami get some recruits in in Southern Ohio, maybe. But yeah, that was by far my my least favorite one. I think the worst one because also too arguably those aren't three easy wins. If Florida State returns the form, if Louisville continues to recruit the way they do, those are potentially two losses every single season. If Miami doesn't turn it around, so I think they got a they got a they got a tough one um, for sure, but. I will say that I do think it's kind of fun for, for my buddy. Uh, my buddy went to Louisville 
and our, our friend group is a Louisville, Miami, and Virginia group. So I do, I do think he likes the fact that his, his cards get to play both of us every single season. But, yeah, that's probably my least favorite. Which now leads me to yeah, my I, question. All right, go ahead. Any, okay. any comments on that? Any comments? No, I was just going to say I, 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 I like that pick because I think I like the Louisville pick even more being my least favorite too. Because you're right. When you look at it, you had to put Louisville somewhere. So it's not like it's no offense to Louisville. Louisville's a great program and everything. It's just like, where are you gonna put these guys? They don't really have they have some big east roots, but not like Boston College or Pitt or Syracuse do. You had to kind of put them somewhere. So I I, I like that. Yeah. So that leads me to my next question. And I want you to think about it because I, I hope you don't answer this lame. What is the best, your favorite, not best in terms of, you know, it not be the best, like, you know, for example, Clemson versus Florida State, best teams kind of thing. What is your favorite matchup that will occur every year that's come to this? I can answer mine while you look. Yeah, I do that. And most excited for Wake Forest and Virginia Tech every year. I really think that can become a fun rivalry. It is going to be the big tech state school versus the private small school in the, the foothills of Carolina. It's an hour and 45 minute trip up 77 to 81. Like that has all the potential to be a fun little rivalry. Hokies fans will pack Winston-Salem. Like Nick, your, your deli is going to be popping when the Hokies are in town. Like, I mean, probably it's probably popping every game day weekend, but there'll be a lot of maroon and orange. I just think that's going to be a fun rivalry. Plus, that 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 game produced the greatest meme in the history of memes. Like Frank Beamer throwing his arms up on a missed field goal 0-0 at the end of regulation is the greatest college football meme of all time, and you cannot change my mind. Like, you know, it is it's going to become a fun rivalry that we don't really think about. It happens once every seven years. The other one that I'm really excited about, if I'm being completely honest just thinking about like the future of everything is Duke and NC state. I think that's going to be really fun too. That's probably, that might be your favorite because the way you're grinning. Like I like the idea of having like, why did a school 20 minutes away, not play you, but two times every 14 years. Like I understand it's Duke. They're not a big football school, but you cannot tell me that during that Duke run with Cutcliffe, that it would not be fun for Duke, NC State, North Carolina to have to play every single season for the, the triangle trophy. Now you could actually have a triangle trophy, Nick. A commander-in-chief, but for the triangle. Where all three teams compete to win the triangle. And the Carolina Hurricanes have to change their Twitter to big fan of and then end tweet with whatever team won the triangle trophy. Think about a giant triangle trophy. How cool would that be? Isn't there a Bermuda, North Carolina? Couldn't we call it the Bermuda Triangle? Or hear me out. The, the cookout triangle tray trophy. Where the tray is a triangle because you get three items. You get a quesadilla, a barbecue sandwich, and a chicken wrap. That's my meal. Plug cookout for free. I don't care. I love that place. Like, 
or the Cheerwine tri- Triangle Trophy. Think about all the cool brand sponsorships. The maybe Wake Forest or not Wake Forest, excuse me. Maybe North Carolina, like UNC gets Bojangles, Duke gets Cheerwine, and NC State gets Cookout. And the winner of that gets to have their branding on the trophy for the season. And they'd give $2 million to the football program or NIL deals to the school. Who says no? I'm a genius, Nick. So anyways, those are by far my two favorite. Go ahead with your favorite. I think I may have already mentioned what your favorite is, but those are my two favorites. The TTT, the tobacco triangle trophy. There you go. The tobacco triangle trophy. Presented by Camel. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Actually, legally, I don't think they can do that. (laughs) Probably not. Probably not. Uh, I mean, I'm looking through this, and yeah, it's got for me. It's got to be NC State Duke. Um, They get to renew that rivalry. How we haven't been playing Duke more often is just an abomination. And hopefully NC State can close that gap on Duke in the overall record, which is embarrassing. Hopefully we'll have that take over that record in the next five years. But um, yeah, it just makes sense. I When this schedule came out, I was kind of bummed that we didn't get Wake uh, because A, it's one of the longest going rivalries in college football. Like I think Wisconsin and Minnesota have the longest rivalry going on right now and then it's us and wake forest um i would have liked to see all four carolina schools playing each other but then i was like you know what i totally understand like we have something with clemson there's a trophy there there's a bit of a rivalry like that's who we that's who nc state fans continue to chase right we're chasing after clemson we're binding at their heels right now let's keep that going then I thought, okay, well, why don't we just take Duke out? Because we can put Wake back in, and we'll still play Duke more often. We'll still play them twice every four years. I mean, whether – my, my initial point is this. If you, like, if you don't really like your pairings and you wish that you were paired with somebody else, think about it like this. You're going to be seeing these teams more often anyways. That's kind of what I had to f- think about. Yes, I'm going to miss the streak of playing Wake Forest every year. But I'm still going to see them quite a lot. And we get to renew the rivalry with Duke. And you're right. It does make sense that the three triangle teams should be playing each other every year. Um, So, yeah, that's the one that I'm probably more excited about. I love the State-Duke rivalry coming back. Uh, other than that, I like some of the Big East stuff that we're seeing in it. Like, I love Absolutely. how they put Boston College, Pitt, and Syracuse. I love how they did – I mean, I love Pitts. Pitts with Syracuse, Virginia Tech, and Boston College. That, is, that was almost uh, my yeah, favorite. That was almost yeah. my favorite. Like, that, that's a that, chef's I mean, kiss. They, that's they, beautiful. Honestly, the more I look at this whole thing, the more I love it. I already yeah. liked it to begin with because – the teams are going to see each other a, a, a lot more. That's already a great start. And of all the Power Five conferences as they sit right now, the ACC divisions just was the only ones where it just didn't make sense. Everyone's divisions were based on location. 
the Pac-12 North and South, SEC East and West, Big Ten East and West. The Big 12 had one big, big giant conference. But with the ACC, we could have done at least North and South where it kind of made sense. But now you get rid of divisions. Everybody's going to be playing each other way more often, which is a start. Now, the more I look at these pairings, the more I really do love them. And again, if you don't like them, you're going to see teams more often anyways. So, yeah, yeah that's and that's the part, too, that like, and no disrespect to the NC State Wake Forest rivalry, you're still going to see them, too, every four years. So it's not like it's over, you know, like and in a way, Nick, you can't tell me that I, I personally think that it almost creates a better rivalry because now that game is going to matter more for a two year span. And I know that like, as an NT yeah. Nick, you cannot tell me that you are pissed off that you lost the wake forest last year and you want nothing more than to beat him this year. Imagine if I had to tell you, Hey Nick, you have to realize you're an NC state fan in Winston-Salem and you have to wait another year to play. Me. And yeah. it adds an extra build to it. Where again, like, yes, I would again argue and I would agree with you that, of course, NC State and Wake is a better rivalry than NC State and Dukas. Like, it's not like I'm going to make that argument. But considering everything, and again, now NC State, Nick, can potentially have four incredible rivalries because of this scheduling. Because you're going to have Wake Forest, who you're still going to give a shit about. And the best part is, like, you know, again, you have reasons to – like, I know you obviously don't live in Raleigh, but you can't tell me if you were a student at NC State and this scheduling was a thing. You could not look forward to the fact that, all right, we're playing Carolina at home this year, but, hey, I can still go do a road game at Duke. Like, Nick, are you ready for Wallace Wade Stadium to be packed red? I sure as hell am excited about that. Are you kidding me? Like, now you have now you have Carter-Finley North. Congratulations. You, you, you already have it. I mean, you already kind of had it with Chapel Hill, but now you really have it. It will actually be all red. Like, it'll be Nebraska taking over Colorado red. Like, and by the way, yeah, it's true. 30 bucks, man. So, like, face value, you can get in and have – you could literally be sitting at what would be the 50-yard line lower deck at NC State and pay 30 bucks to do it at Wake. Like, or, wait, excuse me, at, uh, at Duke. So – it's going to be an incredible, incredible setup. And also, too, shout out to the ACC for being the first ones to do it. For the first ones. Yeah, true. Out there. And I know all this, like, it's going to fall by the wayside because of all the conference realignment bullshit. Screw you, Big Ten, for being bored. But it, it, it's a good setup. And again, Nick, you know the best part about this? If you're an AC team, you're still going to see Notre Dame every three years. So, like, you now have, like, if you're an NC State fan, you might have a year, Nick, where you've got Notre Dame, every team in the triangle, Clemson, and Wake. That's awesome. You cannot tell me that even if half those games are home games. But that's not going to make you go, 200 bucks for season tickets? Hell yeah, I'm in. Like, (laughs) two of those games tickets will be 100 bucks face value each on StubHub. All right. You know, it, it, I think it's a great job by the ACC to do it. And again, yes, we have some matchups that are weird. But, like, as a Virginia fan, I can tell you right now, Nick, I'm not that sad that Wake Forest didn't get North Carolina because I'm glad Virginia got it. Because now at least I have two true rivals in Virginia Tech and North Carolina to look forward to every year. Like, 
Like people go, oh, well, like, you know, it's bad. Like as a Virginia fan, Nick, I should be the most frustrated if, of anybody. If I'm being honest, think about it. Our three common apart three opponents are the same three teams. We played every single season. We yeah. play Louisville every year. We play UNC and Virginia Tech every year. But I like it. I'm okay with it because I also know, too, that I will actually – I was at the last time Virginia played Syracuse, Nick. They play again this year at the Dome. I'm thinking about going just to have the joke of I've gone to the last two Virginia-Syracuse games. I was a freshman in college. I'm long past college now, Nick. <laughs> like, Mike London was still, like, a coach at Virginia. Bronco Mendenhall was not even like a thought in Virginia's history. Besides the fact that he had played them a year before while he was coaching at BYU. So I'm, I'm excited for what the ACC did. I think the ACC did a good job. And, and Nick, I, I'm going to end this podcast, at least my, my final thoughts on this podcast in, in, in a positive note. I think we're in better shape than people want to talk about. We had a lot of positive momentum with the scheduling set up here. I think we have arguably Nick, the most exciting conference in college football this year. We have the best quarterbacks. We have like the big 12 is going to have parity, but we're going to have parity with better teams. We have probably the best overall top to bottom conference in college football. And we have a TV rights deal that is going to make everybody think twice, including Notre Dame. Like people go, Oh, Notre Dame is the big time. Notre Dame, the sec. You're right. That could definitely happen. But you know who right now has the best odds to land them in a conference if they join a conference? We do, because of all the legal stuff that the ACC has done over the last few years to punish them. Not punish them, but let them join us for the COVID season. Let them play us every, like five of our our teams every single year. We're in a pretty good spot. Are we in the greatest of spots? No, because at the end of the day, our conference might die. But Nick, maybe, maybe this is a terrible take. I'd almost rather our conference die than become a conference that has teams that are going to be like having a 9 a.m. kickoff for a team in our conference. Yeah. Like I'm willing, I'm, I'm a purist. I, I would almost rather just have a rest in peace ceremony for the ACC. And then I will cheer for the ACC schools that join the big 10, the SEC, and maybe a third conference if there is one. So that's my final thoughts, Nick. Go ahead and wrap this up. Any final thoughts you have, and then feel free to send us off. Because as always, in my end, it just means less. And honestly, I'm not as down as most people are, and I'm kind of glad that I'm not. You know what, dude? You got me a little hyped up. You did. Uh, I I believe that this conference can survive. You, you've gone through it through detail on how it can. And you know what? We have one of our most exciting football seasons coming up that I think can really put an emphasis on, hey, we're good, stay here. We can compete. There's a great chance this year. We've got a lot of competitive teams, not just like your usual coastal competitiveness. Like we've got teams that want a New Year's Six Bowl that might be a new face in the college football playoff. Maybe Clemson gets back into it again. You never know. So you got me hyped up. I think what does help the ACC a lot, like you just said, is the schedule change, is the new model that we have. And I think moving forward, 
teams are our teams here in the ACC are really going to enjoy that a lot. So you never know what the future can hold. There are a lot of positives that are still going to happen before things start to crumble down that could save us. So you got me hyped up and the whole Notre Dame thing too. Hopefully that goes through. Um, but man, I can't wait for next week because we know that there are more, there's going to be more news by the next time we record and uh, we'll just see what happens. But Hey, we've survived this week and we are one week closer to a new exciting football season. So it just means less in the ACC and go ACC, man. We're going to live on. ACC. 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 ACC.